Welcome to Causing the Effect, where we will connect and change the mind and body. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Causing the Effect. This is a big one here, episode 40. We made it, people. We made it. Thank you so much. I'm Scott Cazzoli. It is Monday, September 28th. Uh, what holiday is it? For my Jewish people out there, um, it is Yom Kippur. What do I got to say? I got to say good Yom Kif to you. So good Yom Kif to you if you're listening. <laughs> the owner of my gym said that to me this morning. That's how I, I uh, checked in on that one. But I uh, hope everybody's doing well. We are going to uh, follow up on the... Do a look I guess it's a good series last week we touched on getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, that one was kind of, you know, pretty heartfelt for, from my perspective. Um, and I wanted to kind of follow up on that with what I'm up to with this kind of, and try to help you guys with fears or whatever, because I'm trying to overcome the stage fright. So we'll focus this week's episode on the stage fright aspect. And then next next week, um, next Monday, we are going to have author uh, Greg Davis. Uh, I'm about to finish his book, Flight or Fight, for our um, our talk that will be coming. That's going to be posted next Monday. So we will, um, we're looking good here. Uh, as always, please leave a like, review, subscribe to, um, I got a YouTube up there now, but the, you know, it's, it's all going on on Apple iTunes. That seems to be uh, where most of you are coming from. Uh, leaving a, you know, I see everybody keeps dropping more and more reviews. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate that. Let's just keep that going. Uh, it really does a lot for the podcast and uh, monetization. We're moving towards that. I'm just, um, I'm trying to pick, you know, sponsors that we are going to really, um, that connect with me. I just don't want to take on, on anything. Uh, check out. My Instagram uh, bio for the, the Be Fun, Be Kind live event I did with those guys, Brent and Adam. Shout out to the Be Fun, Be Kind guys. Um, what a great little talk we had. The way we did that was like a 20-minute like talk I gave on um, like the underlying benefits of being kind. And then there was like a Q&A. There was a discussion. It was really cool. So I appreciate them having me on. Uh, let's just get right into it. So I think the first thing that we have to do is... Um, talk about what what is stage fright, right? And I think most people um, know what it is, uh, you know, the, the, the common saying is, you know, you'd rather be the person in the coffin than the person giving the eulogy, you know, so it, it's one of the, the biggest fears in, in the world. I think it's like top three or four. Um, for me, it, it's a, it was weird because I never had stage fright until uh, I hit my, until I had puberty, when I was 13 and 14. So I actually was always doing um, projects and you have these science projects, spelling bees, math bees from, you know, up until I went to high school, stage fright was a joke. I was like, oh, I crush it. And then all of a sudden, first year in, in freshman year in high school, uh, thank you for James McLaughlin. We had him on and he was the one who kind of made it aware to me that that's a common thing um, that particularly in males, when you, uh, when you switch over to, um, you know, that 13, 14 and you start kind of the puberty hits, you end up, uh, really feeling it, I guess. And that was like the weirdest thing for me because in my brain, I always had these, um, these goals and aspirations, at least something of a little bit of, um, performing or trying something of that, let's say an art, right? Excuse me. Um, 
And even I remember going to high school and I thought, oh, maybe I'll do a play or something, you know, a little fun. And the second that happened, that was a speech on John freaking Kerry. I'll never forget it. I was like, okay, this is done. So I put that away and I always, I loved comedy. I absolutely loved doing, um, I loved stand up. And I, I, was, I just remember I was watching, I was obsessed with Cat Williams for some reason. Um, but the second that, that disaster happened, um, I got, on, I really, uh, was feeling pretty decent about the speech or whatever. And again, I was, this was September first, um, year in, in your new high school, um, giving a speech and all of a sudden I got up on stage and I was shaking, uh, my, my, it was trembling. My, my mouth was dry and I was like, thought I was having like a, I really was like, there's something wrong. I'm having a heart attack. And I, you know, you're a young kid, so you really don't know. So I just really stammered through it and it's really stopped me my whole life. Um, probably with some events or, uh, things like when I went to college, I like had to make sure every speech was, you know, like behind the podium to, to make sure that nobody saw me shaking. And I kind of just muffled through it. And I never did any of the things that I, I kind of realized what we should do today. But, you know, fast forward 15 years, um, 17 years, shit, 13 to, to 30. Oh, my God. Um, and we're trying to overcome it. So um, I did, you know, I've had this passion, this underlying passion my whole life to do stand-up comedy or at least try it. And um, October 1st, the, uh, you know, I will be able to perform out, you know, we've been doing virtual stuff, which, you know, you still get nervous about, but it's just not going to be, it's going to be totally different when we do it. So the show will be next week. So I'll let you guys know how that goes. We're, we're going to be talking to Greg Davis about that too. So I am being a little selfish and using this stuff, but, um, stage fright, performance anxiety, we all kind of have some feeling about it, but, um, you know, it's an anxiety, it's a fear, it's a phobia, whatever you may call it. Um, and it does kind of differ between people of, do you feel, um, terrified in front of an, an unknown audience? Do you feel terrified with familiar audience? I feel terrified in both, but, um, I'm going to tell you, you know, what's going on the brain behind it. You know, I always like to give you the, the science, right. And, and where you fall in, into trouble with your performance, whether it be a speech, uh, uh, your best man speech, a eulogy, anything. It's that the issue you have is the when you turn your brain towards negative consequences. So when you think about negative consequences and um, this, you know, what could happen for, for the worst, right? You end up really um, going into, you're going to hear that word a lot, the a fl- a f- flight or fight type um situation. But there's a part the the part of your brain that really is affected by is the the hypothalamus. This activates and then triggers your pituitary gland to secrete the hormone um it's called ACTH. And this hormone stimulates those adrenal glands in your kidneys and results in their release of adrenaline into your blood. Um so I'm sure anybody, you know, who's been I think a common a way of what you should feel and the reason why this was put in in your body um was to like you know fight a lion or a tiger and fight a, a human being so imagine that feeling right for you are going to fight somebody right that's the, that's the only way i could really um describe it it's except you're just gonna go talk talking for the people so it's probably you know not the best reaction to have and i'm gonna tell you you know where it comes from and, and all that stuff but what happens is, you know, first your neck, and it's so funny reading this, I was reading this, I was like, holy shit, this is what happens to me. But your neck and your um, your back muscles will first contract. This will force your head down, your spine curves, um, you know, the, the, this 
is what, what, what we call a, a low power position. So you're not in total trouble yet when you have this. And um, for me, the first time I did my first five minute set, I was freaking out. I did this and I still ended up being able to like get through the first two minutes of my set and it was mm, relatively okay. But we got into a worser kind of position. And this is when exactly what I did um, that I messed up on. I tried to resist this feeling, right? Instead of going with it. So what happens when you resist this position, um, I literally was like trying to pull my shoulders back, lift my head up, stop the shaking, but that's actually forcing your legs and your and your hands to shake more as the muscles in your body kind of instinctively prepare for this attack, let's say. Um, your blood pressure increases, then... And it's just so funny because I've been I've been here every time. So once your blood pressure increases, your digestive system shuts down. This is done to be a, um, to give an efficient delivery of those nutrients and oxygen to your vital organs. So the second that your digestive system shuts down and the oxygen gets shooted up, that's going to um, lead to that dry mouth and those those you know dilation of um of the pupils. You need the butterflies. It is a disaster, um, and that's really word for word. I, I just wanted to make sure that what I what I felt was kind of standard. It is pretty standard, and that's kind of what I just watched you through there. But um, there is three other main factors that do affect um, stage fright. One being, you know, there's a level of uh, practice that needs to be done. This is something that I lacked when I was doing speeches up until now, and. Um, even now, so me when I do when I prepare and I, I prepare and I prepare, it still doesn't change that flight or f- the fight or flight risk that you feel. So it still hasn't really kicked in where I feel super comfortable on stage. But it is that main saying that practice makes perfect. The main benefit of that practice is to increase your familiarity of this test. So that way, you can actually enjoy it and be in the moment. And it does. There, there is certainly feelings of anxiety decreasing, and you know you're kind of not as negative. But um, I think for people with severe stage fright like myself, it, it, this is something that doesn't really help. I'm telling you, I practice like three or four months, and if you're that if you're at that level, you just kind of got to power through it. Um, but to support these findings, there was a team of psychologists who um, they watched, you know, pool players play alone or in front of a crowd for about you know for for a while, and what this study showed was stronger pool players sank more shots when performing in front of a, of a crowd, while poor pool players performed worse. So the, the stronger pool uh, players performed even better when people were watching. So there is something interesting with that, that I think when you have people watching, there's more at stake, so you end up being a, um, a little bit tighter, let's say, and this probably makes sense for why we all enjoy live events a little better. Um, wrestling, you know, pro wrestling, even, you know, these basketball games, everything feels um, a little less tense. So I think the there is like a, a double-edged sword here that when you have the the people there, the stakes are risen and that will certainly uh, could help some people who are kind of feel, feel, feel more comfortable. Then there's genetics, right? Genetics play a huge role <coughs> excuse me in uh, how strong your feelings of anxiety are in social situations. You know, John John Lennon um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. John Lennon was, was known to, you know, he had to perform two, 3,000 times with the Beatles. And, you know, he was one of the proponents. Listen, I throw up before every show. 
Um, some people are just simply genetically wired to feel more scared when performing in public. Now, I think there's a little bit more to that. It could be that you end up being brought up in a more anxious-filled environment, like I would say myself, where I kind of overreact things a little more. But um, that is just something to to know, right? And, um, you know, I, th- I think the things to take from that are just prepare. You got you to gotta prepare. And then I'm going to give you some more tips at the the end here, but you know what, what are we talking about here? This is all um, driven by anxiety, right? So anxiety is the is the um, the main contributor, right, of causing your body to react to this kind of stage, right? So you know psychologists actually classify this as um, you know performance anxiety. I think we've all heard that. And um, you know there's two main factors that are going to be present in order for someone to have stage fright. They must have a concern that they're not going to be able to perform in front of a certain audience or they're concerned with the performance will be seen in a negative way. And I think with that being said, it does come down to um, you being worried about what people think of you, right? It it really does come down to to that. Um, And there's been, you know, various amounts of different, um, you know, different people throughout history. The the first one uh, was Moses, actually. Now, Moses um, expressed, you know, performance anxiety when God came to him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He said, listen, I'm not a good, I'm not a good talker. Uh, You know, that's, uh, I get dry mouth, um, go with my brother. He's pretty good with words. Uh, You know, Aaron, his brother, um, became the front man. And Moses kind of came, became, uh, tried to step aside during that. So that was pretty interesting. And then another one, um, another story, I was reading a Carl, Carl Jung book about this. And um, he been, actually mentioned, similarly, Socrates, uh, his protege, um, Alcibiades. Um, he was going to be one of the most celebrated orators and statesmen of his time. Uh, he was incapacitated by fear of public speaking. And it's, it's just funny seeing this. Uh, it's just something that we all kind of deal with. And the way Socrates... Um, kind of made him get through this was accompanying him on long walks through the streets of Athens and introducing him first to a blacksmith, then to a shoemaker, and uh, so on and so forth. But there, it is funny that it, it is something that, you know, most people do deal with on some levels. And, you know, I, I know Salma Hayek had this issue, Sienna Miller, um, Kira Knightley uh, had to kind of, you know, get through it. And, and I think the there, there's going to be people with certain different levels of this, right? And what I'm trying to do is give you the easiest way to to get through it. But if you're in my situation, there's no easy way to get through because it, it is so, sort of there. And you're going to have to just rep out whatever you're doing. So if you're nervous about a speech, you don't want to get through it. If you're if you're this terrified, um, if, if, it's, if it's your main you know fear like me is to really get through it. Um, and I think even me saying that it's not the best way to do it because this kind of goes into... I'm going to give you some tips to reduce the stage fright, things I've read, things that um, I think work. And the, the the main one for me is kind of shifting your perspective from yourself and making it about you more of a, um, stop making it about you and your ego, right? Turn it to the purpose of what you're doing. In my case, enjoying performing, right? If it's your case, if you're doing a speech or this or that, you know, contribute try to focus on the contribution of value to that audience. And again, I'm not there yet. Um, I'm doing this first show. It should be next week, I think. But um, this is what, you know, I'm going to try to do. You got to 
also stop scaring uh, yourself with those with these thoughts. And it is things again. This is similar to shifting the focus, but you have to focus your attention on thoughts and images that are calming, that are reassuring. That way, you don't kind of go out of it. I have a little mantra, um, very similar to you know these little things you heard with the the Wim Hof breathing and and trying to to calm your nerves to get yourself out of this um, flight or fight. And again, I'm gonna ask um, Greg about this um, when we get to talk next week. So. Um, you have to get rid of those thoughts that create self-doubt and low confidence. And it's funny, whatever your audience, um, whatever you feel, your audience will similarly feel that. So if you go in there and, um, again, this has happened virtually for me, if you're just kind of wheeling and dealing and and free flowing and you're not thinking about it, people will feel that. But if you tense up and you can't relax your mind, you're going to end up, um, making the audience tense. And that's why, you know, again, it's a, um, it's like a snowball effect. Visualization is key. It's something I'm working on doing. Again, I think this is probably the most important. Um, it does go into preparation, but focusing mindfully on um, what you're going to do over and over again and just kind of repping it through your brain. Um, if you know by now, if you listen to us, things that, you know, where, where your focus goes, your energy will flow and that will turn, um, you know, visualization is, the, is, is a key to that. That is something that Tony Robbins teaches. That's something that, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza teaches. Um, and I've been practicing more of Joe's work and it's been working. Um, but practice, practice, practice. Uh, you know, I, I read a book, um, that was called overcoming, you know, your public speaking. And, and one of the first things that they said was trying to connect with the audience. So maybe, um, you know, just, uh, if you're giving a big speech, talking to the people that are there, kind of getting friendly with them. And that's been easier. F- you know, I really enjoy connecting with people. Um, and again, I'm hoping that when I get to the, to the comedy, uh, you know, the seller or whatever that may be, you know, just, just that does, you know, being a friend instead of enemy to people gives you better vibes. Uh, and I think accepting that you're going to mess up is a key. Um, so the first time I got on stage was in Vegas two months ago, I think it's been. And uh, I was kind of waiting for myself to mess up. And when I messed up, it just created more kind of fuck ups for me. And that's, you know, just I was too crucial on myself. I was waiting for it. I was breathing heavy and it was too much. But um, I think another key thing that um, in this book, oh, I forgot what the name of it is, but I'll, uh, I'll link it down, down below. It tells you once a, once a week for an hour, just kind of go through um, the story of, of what messed you up with your stage fright and just talking it, you know, writing it down, a, di- a different way of, of wording it um, and just uh, cleaning out the scar is what it's called. I think that'll help, but um, I'm going to continue through this. I will not stop until I think, again, the last piece that I want to end on was it's your mindset, right? We've said shifting focus and your true purpose, but if you, like, I'm going to get through this, whether it's the, you know, if I make a fool in front of myself a hundred times, I'm going to get through this because it's, 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 um, this has been, you know, a long time coming for me. So if you guys have any questions about this, particularly anywhere about anything, uh, that I could help with this particular issue. It does hit my heart very closely. Just message me on uh, causing the effect podcast at gmail.com. And we'll take it from there. Uh, please, if you're listening to this one, listen next week to Flight or Fight. I think they're going to go nice hand in hand. Um, but that's it for me. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. I do too. Please, 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 please leave a like, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. As always, stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a great one.